Welcome to the Word of Grace podcast. As a community, we exist to love on God with all that we are and to share His grace with everyone. If you want to connect with us more, head to social media or wordofgracechurch.com. Here's today's episode. Well, we're going to kick off 2024 here with a new teaching series that we're simply calling Fruit That Lasts. Fruit That Lasts. And although today it may be more preaching than teaching, are we okay with that? Okay, good, good. We often begin, you know, launching into the new year, inside and outside of church, we begin with a lot of momentum. We make our resolutions, and we just hope they last into like February, at least. In the body of Christ, we take habit transformation to a whole new level, focusing on things like spiritual disciplines that have marked the church for millennia. But today, I just, I want to ask the question as we get rolling, have you ever been frustrated with the results Anybody want to raise your hand and just be honest this morning? Frustrated with the results of like, I'm trying to do better, but I just keep doing the same thing. It's like the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, right? I keep doing what I don't want to do. And what I know I want to do, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I, anybody else been there before? We, you know, around the new year, when we, we set our goals and our hopes and our dreams for a new year, we can end up there in February. Maybe it's just because it's really cold and really dark and we're struggling. But we can be frustrated with the results, whether a, a simple diet change or an attempt to sort of rewire habits that we have that have been with us for years. It can be hard work. Sometimes it turns out to be temporary or fruitless work in our lives too. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Transformation of our character is something that is promised to us in God's word. God wants to transform us. Reality is we just often resort to our methods, not his methods our wisdom instead of his. So I want us to begin the year and talk about fruit that lasts. I want us to look at things a little differently this year. Are you ready for different? Anybody ready to say, I'm going to do some different things this year. I'm ready to launch in with something different. So today we're going to set up this study and we're kind of going to be setting up our whole year ahead uh, in many ways. And I simply want to lead us towards one key takeaway this morning for fruit that lasts. But we're going to start here. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 15. You might already know what John chapter 15 is. It's a very famous thing that Jesus says to his followers. John 15. We're going to read through from 1 to 17. The words from Jesus our Lord say this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and active in our lives. We thank you that no matter what's going on in our world or in our hearts, your word has a way of illuminating our path, our next step, and taking us there. And we invite you to do that this morning. Holy Spirit, would you just be present in every single way with every single heart? Draw us back again to your presence. Draw us back again to what you desire for our lives. And we'll give you all the glory together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus talks quite a lot about fruit, doesn't he? Not so much about vegetables, hallelujah. I'm okay with that. You know, some of you guys have made some food-related uh, New Year's resolutions. We're not going to dwell on that this morning. We're not going to go there. But Jesus does talk about fruit a ton. And it doesn't start in John 15 either. This image of bearing fruit speaks to the vitality of our lives, what we produce, what comes out of us. And, and it didn't begin with Jesus at all. From the very first pages of Scripture, human beings are created and given the mandates to be what? Fruitful. To go and bear fruit, to flourish and thrive from Genesis 1 forward. We see that call on us as human beings. And the word keeps expanding for us what that means, what that looks like in our lives, and calls us to a life full of flourishing as we remain committed to and connected to God as our source. Psalm 1 says that when we delight in the Lord, we delight in his law and his ways, we become like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding great fruit in season and prospering in all that we do. How many of you say, hey, 2024, that sounds like my kind of verse right there. I want to claim that one for 2024. Flourishing in all that we do. You're allowed to claim the word flourish and say that's my theme for the year. That's okay. But what does it mean? What does it actually look like for us to bear fruit as followers of Jesus? I want to give you two things that it means from Scripture, and then we're going to start looking at how we bear fruit, how we produce. So the Bible says God wants to bring fruit in our lives, in our lives, and through our lives. First, he wants to bring fruit in our lives. When we give our lives to Jesus, we turn from our ways we say, Lord, I want your ways. I want more of you. I'll make you the Lord of my life. The Bible teaches us that his spirit takes up residence within us and begins to produce in us things that are not natural for us. A new kind of fruit in our lives. Paul makes this pretty explicit for us in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, beginning in verse 17. He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to our flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under this law. 
The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no such law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want the fruit of my life, the things that I can see in myself, to look a little bit more like the second of those two lists. I want new fruit in my life in 2024, but you know, oftentimes as I look at my life, I see some of those old fruits, right? Anybody else want to be vulnerable this morning and just say, I see some, some frustrations in me, sometimes anger in me, jealousy in me. You know, Paul, he lists out a lot of things in there. Some of them are just, you know, clearly not right. Other ones, though, our culture runs after. He lists out a lot of things that people will go chasing for. But our culture tells us, you know what, just live like this. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. This will bring you happiness. This will bring you, you know, what your flesh desires or creatures of desire. But God's spirit, he says, produces what you're really looking for, what you're made for, the real deal. And it produces it in us from the inside out, not the other way around. As I was thinking about this, you know, this week in studying, I realized kind of ironically that even there with the fruit of the spirit, as we call them, those good things the spirit produces in us, if you look at the words listed there, so many of those words have been co-opted by our culture, haven't they? Now, our culture redefines for us what it means to love each other. Our culture redefines what it means to be kind, what peace looks like. Though I'll be honest, our culture really doesn't know what to do when we get to things like faithfulness. And by the time we get through to self-control, our culture screams, heresy, absolutely not. No self-control here. You need to indulge yourself. Treat yourself in 2024. Don't ever deny yourself anything that might be pleasing to the eye. You know, look around, though, at our world. You'll see, as a people, we are still desperate for the real fruit. We're still desperate for what God wants to bring in our lives. We need it. Not that temporary or counterfeit stuff that the world offers us. Fruit that only comes from the inside out by his spirit living in us. In 2024, I believe that God wants to draw you near. He wants to draw you back to himself and whisper to your heart to reveal more of who he is to you, to shape your life and nourish you and bring about in your life more of his love, more of his joy and peace and patience, gentleness to reveal his kindness to you and self-control. There's fruit that comes in our lives as we give God permission to change us. As his spirit takes up residence in us, there's fruit in our lives. And then there's also fruit that comes through our lives. For the kingdom. Fruit for eternity. The fruit of lives being changed. Ours and others. 
and hearts being one to Jesus. Let me ask you this morning as you are starting into a new year, do you have anybody that the Lord has put on your heart for this year? Maybe a person, maybe a friend that you've been praying for or a family member or a roommate, coworker that you are believing that they're going to come to know Jesus. Do you have those people? And if not, I pray that Jesus would just interrupt you even today and say, you need to be praying for your brother. You need to be praying for your sister. Proverbs 11, verse 30, and I'll read it in the Amplified Version, says this. The fruit of those who are consistently righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise captures and wins souls for God, gathering them for eternity. You hear what he says? The Proverbs say to us that those who are wise will win souls, will be interested in seeing lives around us changed. God doesn't just want to do work in our lives. He wants to work through our lives to bless others and to bring others to him. If you want to talk about fruit that lasts, one thing takes the cake above all else. The fruit that endures to eternity that Jesus came to make possible is seeing people come alive in Jesus for all time, to belong to him forever. I don't know about you, but as I look at the year ahead, I want both in my life. (laughs) I want to see God produce new fruit in my life, new levels of joy and peace and trust in him. And I want to see him produce fruit through my life in others as well. I want to see more. Anybody else want to see more of his fruit in and through your life in 2024? If that's your heart, I have good news for you. It's not just a dream or a wish or a hope or a prayer or even a resolution. It's a promise to us in scripture. It's a promise that God has made to us. If we have said yes to Jesus, remember as we just read in John 15, he first loved us. He first chose us and appointed us to bear fruit like this, fruit that lasts. And he says to us in this passage, if this is our heart and we ask it in his name, the Father will give us this kind of fruit. Amen? So then how? How do we pursue this? How do we produce this kind of fruit in our lives? What makes the change? What brings about fruit that lasts? Again, this time of year, uh, we make... We have a massive drive for change and making change in our lives, our habits, our routines, for new things to come about, for renewal and health and all of that, right? Everybody starts with something. What are you aiming at? New year, new you. Isn't that what the internet tells us and sells us this time of year? And here's the thing. A lot of that kind of stuff makes me sick, but it's not all wrong. That idea, new year, new you, it's not all wrong, Because the Bible tells us that our God is the God of a new thing. Amen? From the ancient days to the days yet to come, God is doing a new thing and wants to do a new thing in us. At the end of the age, John writes and tells us God is going to declare from his throne, I'm making everything new. I'm making everything new. But when it comes to us, I got to tell you, he doesn't want to wait until that day. He wants to start now renewing us. Day by day. Paul says, no matter what we face from the outside... If we belong to Jesus, we are in the habit of being renewed day by day from the inside out because of the presence of God in our lives. You know, God, he doesn't want to deliver us so that we can go on singing the old same old song and dance, right? No, David sang it and he said this, he lifted me out of the mud and the mire. 
He set my feet upon a rock and he gave me a new song to sing. A new song. So we should never expect God to stop doing new things in our lives. We should always be saying, God, what new thing do you want to do in my life and through my life? The problem is we often try to bring about God's new thing in our old ways, don't we? We often try to bring about God's new things in our lives, but do it in the ways that are comfortable to us. We engage in a million plans. We listen to gurus and influencers. We subscribe to new services, whatever. Now, I'm not saying that all tools are wrong. It's good to have some tools that help us forward. Don't get me wrong. But you don't get God's results purely on the methods of man. You will not find God's results and new fruit in your life, fruit that lasts, by embracing the same old, same old in your life. So many of our human methods for making changes, really since the Enlightenment, they're entirely focused on our minds, on the way that we think, on the processes and, and how much we know. Lori Santos, a, a psychology professor from Yale, calls this the G.I. Joe fallacy. Anybody remember G.I. Joe from growing up, the cartoons and the action figures and stuff? Probably not politically correct anymore. I have no idea. But G.I. Joe used to say it like this, knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. It's like the world says, knowledge is power. You want to make change in your life? You just need to know some more. You need to be educated some more. You need to be well-informed. And then it will flow. And in reality, in the church, we often buy into that. We follow suit with that in our culture. As James K.A. Smith said, even in the church, we tend to overemphasize things we can think and know, and we effectively start thinking about human beings as if they were a brain on a stick and sort of set up our Christian worship for that, which means a, you know, a few songs and then sit down because right now we have to get as much information into your head as humanly possible. That's the way we do things so, so often, right? Anybody want to do something different? To see something different? Come on. I'll be honest, this is my weakness as well. You guys have known me, many of you know me well enough as your pastor to know that I'm a thinker by nature. So often to a fault. I like systems. I like information. I like knowing. But you know something? Overemphasizing information and strategy and all of that has brought me some pretty inconsistent fruit in my life over the years as I look back. And I want fruit that lasts. I want fruit that lasts. I want fruit that goes beyond my head and into my heart and into my entire being. I want to take a step back from the ways and the methods and the how and remember that God didn't just make me as a brain on a stick, but as body, soul, and spirit for himself and engage with the entirety of my being. I don't want to just confine God to the places I can get my head around. I want to tell you, as we enter 2024, content is not the answer. Content, more information and more content is not what you're looking for. If it was, in our information age, the world would be a lot better place than it is. Amen? If we just needed that kind of next level learning, we would have gotten there by now, right? And hey, if you're looking for the best teaching, even the best Bible teaching, I got to promise you, it ain't here. It ain't here. That's okay. I promise you, you can plug into podcasts for 18 hours a day and get the best teaching in the world, but end up isolated and end up lacking in fruit in your life. 
1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I like that. I like that verse. It's not about talking and having all the information, a bunch of words hitting your brain. It's about power to transform your life. Content is great, but content doesn't change lives. Jesus does. Knowledge ain't power. Jesus is power. And he isn't some teacher to add to a list of influencers or gurus that want to educate or inform you. Jesus wants to transform you every day. And information is not the same thing as transformation. Hear me, and may this mark your 2024. God is not interested in drowning you in more information, but in transformation of your entire being by his spirit in you. That's what he wants. Often we settle. Often we just keep going back to information. We settle for the next the next class, the next thing, the next idea that we want to latch on to, and we settle for untransformed lives. And trust me, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody in the room here. Why do we settle? Why? Well, first off, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It requires less from us. We have control. If all we needed was the next course to go on or something like that, we have control. We just pick. There's a million options available, and we like control. I like control. Anybody else like control? I've said it before. Sometimes our lives are out of control. Sometimes we got things under control. Jesus wants to take you beyond control into his best for you. John Mark Comer says, we like pretending we're brains on legs because, number one, it allows us to justify emotional and desire-based decisions under the guise of rationality. And number two, it doesn't require much from us. Just listen to a podcast, take an e-course, check out a new book. But it leads to more of the same. It leads to the same. Same struggles, same inconsistency in our lives, same inconsistent fruit. If you're here and you've made that sweeping change in January before, say with a diet, and then what happens? The second you ease off that diet, the results disappear too. It goes right back. We make our resolutions, but we always end up hitting the wall somewhere along the way. And you know what the wall is? The wall is us. The wall is us, our will. Not just for our goals and resolutions at New Year's time, but also in our walk with God. So often we hit the wall. And we do experience that inconsistency, those ups and downs. If you hang out in church long enough, you're going to find out we have categories and names for this. You'll hear us as believers saying things like, I'm just in the desert season right now. (laughs) We have funny words for things as Christians, right? Don't get me wrong. Yes, the seasons of life change. Things happen to us. That happens. But God doesn't change. And God's desire to bring you into a new season and to see you flourish and to see you bearing new fruit does not change. He wants to do this in your life, whether it's a hard season or an easy season. Whether you've got challenges or whether things are great right now, fruit is what God wants for you. Fruit that lasts. You know, our consistency falters. We hit the wall. But when we, when we realize that, we realize our own failings and flaws on that, how many of you guys know we need to lean on someone who doesn't change? We need to lean on him with all we are because he promises lasting fruit to us. So I got to tell you, I don't want to settle anymore. 
And I pray that's your heart as well. I don't want to settle for what I can control or what I can rationalize and plan out, what I can just see of the future. I want to believe for more. I want to believe for better. And Jesus offers us better. In John 10.10, he says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. He came for us, so full of grace and truth and everything that we need, offering to transform us completely, offering more than we can imagine. And he tells us not to settle for what's easy or comfortable or controllable in our lives. You know, a few chapters earlier, Jesus taught his disciples in John chapter 6. He said, don't work for food that spoils. Don't keep striving for all the same old ways, for the same old results. Go after what lasts for eternity, what I'm offering to you. So let's ask God for fruit that lasts, amen? Let's believe for it, not just in our thinking, but in the core of our being, in the fullness of who we are, and let it impact our actions and in truth. So are you ready for the challenge now? Okay, five people are going to get challenged. That's okay. You know, the challenge is... we all know this, but it bears, it bears repeating. If you want to see God's fruit in your life, fruit that remains and lasts for eternity, we can't just keep pursuing it in our ways. We've got to do it in his way. We've got to say, Jesus, teach me. Show me your ways. Remind me what you've actually called me to. Because the methods of man lead to fruit that's temporary and inconsistent. So are we willing to change it up? Are we willing to offer our whole selves to God, even today, and say to him, I want your ways. I want your wisdom, not mine. I want your fruit in my life in a fresh way, in a new way today. You know what that probably means for us? I'm just going gonna, gonna to hit you with the hard stuff first here. What that probably means is a journey forward that is far more relational than we often like, where we are far more emotionally aware and available to God, It means things like accepting correction in our lives and embracing confession in our lives. That might scare you. That might scare you. It scares me a lot of days. Vulnerability, putting my whole self on the altar and not saying, oh yeah, but this area of my life I'm holding on to, God, we'll get to that in 2025. It scares me most days. Honestly, the ways that Jesus calls us to, the ways that God has always been inviting us to, the vulnerability it requires of us, that is a totally unacceptable thing to ask of anybody in 2024. Unless the one asking is the God of the universe who already knows every detail. It's unacceptable to ask this level of vulnerability unless the one asking is perfect love incarnate that eradicates all fear in us because what he offers to us is true freedom. Welcome to the life of faith, of trusting God's ways and stepping beyond what's comfortable and controllable. You know, as we journey forward here, we're going to uncover some things from God's word, even over the next couple weeks, that I believe will be transformational in your life if, if you let them get past your head and into your heart. If you let it get past nodding along as an audience and say, we're the people of God, we're embracing this together. 
if you let it get into your rhythms and adjust every area of your life. But the greatest key, the one thing, if you want to take away anything today to see fruit that lasts in your life is this, presence. Presence. The key to fruit that lasts, the key to life more abundant and life to the full is presence. Jesus said it like this, remain in me, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. We need to be inseparable. The image of the vine of us together as a church, as God's people, growing and drawing all of our nourishment from Christ in us. You know what? That's a lot more than self-improvement or sin management that Jesus is inviting us to. It's not a bunch of information or the next big thing. Jesus is inviting us to a deeply relational, intentional life with him and with his people. Presence is the key. After all, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8.1, he says, you know what? Knowledge puffs us up, but love builds us up. You catch what he's saying there? Brains on sticks is not going to do it. It's going to make us proud. It's going to make us conceited in a lot of ways, but what builds us up is presence. What builds us up is the love of God. You know that agape love that we like to talk about in church so much, that God kind of self-giving love? How many of you guys know that kind of love is impossible alone? You don't experience that kind of love in isolation. No matter how much you know of the facts and figures, you can know the Bible inside and out, but you need to get into the presence of God and into the presence of his people. You and I were made for more. So let's not settle for less. We were made for presence. We were made to be with God and with one another. And not in a superficial or flippant way either. In a time where people are so isolated, so individualized, we need to recover the ways that God calls us to. Amen? We need to see fruit that lasts. And the way to do it isn't to hide from each other or hide from God. It's to press into his presence again. You know, possibly the buzzword of 2023 was AI. We heard a lot about AI. Everybody's terrified of AI now. You know, it's kind of like a science fiction novel in 2023 was. And the creators of AI, they promised things. They promised things like, hey, this new technology, pretty soon we're going to be able to meet every human need. You won't need to lean on anybody. Just lean on AI. I'm going to pull out my flag and call a penalty on that one. No way. That's BS. Sorry. There's no way. I have watched too many people, friends of mine, people I loved, buy into this disembodied, content-driven, non-communal version of faith that leads them quickly to withdraw from God's presence, to an isolated faith, to withdraw then from God's people, and then from faith altogether. We're made for more than that. We're made for more than that. Are we willing to step out in faith and say, Jesus, I'm putting myself on the altar again today. Come and show me how to do it your way. I want fruit that remains in my life, that lasts into eternity. I want something different. I'm not going to settle. So let me ask you today. You know, at this time of the year when we are open to change, 
in our habits and rhythms? What, what rhythms and practices can you embrace in 2024 to make room for God's presence in your life? Maybe you've been there before and you said, you know, I'm going to seek you, Lord. I know what the word says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. What can we do differently this year? Is there anything you wouldn't give up to find him in that way? What rhythms and practices can you make room in 2024 for his presence in your life? I want to follow that up with a second question. You know, what habits and maybe even sacrifices can you make this year? that will make space for genuine relationships to grow in your life. Because you were designed for genuine relationship with God and with his people. You know, when Jesus is asked, what's the most important thing we're supposed to do? What's the most important commandment? He talks about those two things, doesn't he? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You were made for presence, is what he's saying. You're made for it. Everyone who goes through membership class at Word of Grace hears about what we call our three harbor lights. Mission, formation, and presence. Mission, formation, and presence. These three hallmarks of the church and what we do together are what we want to keep in balance. You know, some churches get really, really caught up in the mission. but They lose the presence and they lose the reality that we are being transformed We want to make sure that we never lose sight of any of those three things. We want to keep them in balance. But sometimes we pick one to emphasize for a whole year, and we go after it. Last year, unequivocally, we we put an emphasis on formation, spiritual formation and discipleship. We want to grow in being disciples of Jesus. And we spent the year, we launched Follow Together. We saw people build relationships and go so deep in the Word, and it was fantastic. There's more to come with that. There's more to come with that. But this year, I want us to realize we have to prioritize the presence of God. We don't need to be a purpose-driven church. We need to be a presence-driven church. Amen? Presence with one another. But most importantly, the presence of God. Jesus linked those two things forever. But mission, formation, and presence are our harbor lights. In reality, if you look at those three things, The end goal of our mission that we share as followers of Jesus is presence. Presence around his throne with his people. In any spiritual formation, without presence, how many of you know that's hollow? That's hollow. It's a bunch of head knowledge and no lasting change. We need the presence of God. So I want to invite you this year. Let's aim at something different. Let's get beyond our heads and let the word of God get into our hearts and call us to more. It's not about just knowing the right stuff, but truly engaging God and the people of God with everything we are. Amen? Amen. So don't hold back. Dream bigger. Maybe even prepare to sacrifice to pursue God's best and see fruit that lasts in your life. Seasons come and go, but God's faithful to do what he's promised to us. He's faithful. And as we start this year, we're going to keep discovering some things. We're going to talk about some rhythms for renewal in our life for fruit that lasts. We're just going to pay a little less attention to the head and a little more attention to the heart. Tomorrow, we begin fasting. How many of you guys are excited for the time of fasting? I've been looking forward to, you know, December was crazy. I ate a lot of terrible things. More importantly, December was just fraught with busyness for me. I'm looking forward to slowing down in God's presence. 
I'm looking forward to it. You know, nothing makes room in our lives like fasting. You want a practical way you can go after this? Try fasting. You know, and that's not just about time. But in, in our country and in our church, you know, so many people have never tried fasting. So many people have never even heard of fasting. They've been in church for years. They don't know anything about fasting. They think it's a dietary thing. But I want to invite you to join in with us. You can, you can find out more of what it means biblically to fast, to forego food so you can seek God's presence. We have all kinds of information on our website and on the Connect Center. We're doing a 21-day fast from tomorrow, January 8th, through to January 28th. And I want to invite you to join in. But let me just share, as a kind of a primer for our fast, what Andrew Murray said. He's an incredible 19th century missionary. He said this, Prayer needs fasting for its full growth. Let me just repeat that a little bit. So you might say, God, I want to I improve my prayer life this year. Prayer needs fasting for its full growth. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand the one with which we let go of what's visible to us and easy and comfortable. You see, fasting is about the body because God made us body, soul, and spirit. There are ways he calls us to to help us get beyond, you know, our normal routines, to help us to give him all of ourselves, not just our thoughts, that awaken a hunger beyond hunger in us. So come with us on a journey, I invite you to join us in fasting this year. And if you want to know any more about it, you can also grab some leaders. We're going to have our leaders up at the front in just a moment. You can come, any one of them that you see come up here, ask them about fasting, and they can tell you a bit more about fasting with us. But I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to worship in just a few moments here. And I'm excited to get into God's presence together. You know, we, we've, we're intentional about this in our church. We want to make sure that we don't, we don't wrap up here and go off to lunch before God's done speaking to us. And I want to encourage you today as we get into worship to seek the presence of God. And to do that, we're going to do something to kind of mark this moment together. I know it's a little different for us. We don't always do this, and we won't do this every week, but I'm going to ask you in a second to move out from where you are in your seat. You know, sometimes in church we get married to our seats. That needs to change. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are and physically move and fill up the areas up front here. You could call this an old-fashioned altar call. And yes, we don't do this a lot, but we need to do it more. Because here's the thing. We're not an audience. That's not what church is about. And we're certainly not brains on a stick just here to get information downloaded to us. We need to engage in God's presence together with all that we are. Amen? So, come on, let's move forward. I want to invite you, step out from where you are and just come find some space along the front here. I just want to say this to you. There's nothing magical about the front. There's nothing magical about coming forward to the altars of the church. But in the act of stepping out from where we are, it's like we're saying to God, you know what, God, I want to do something new. I want to change it up. I want to pursue you even more and hold nothing back from you. Maybe this is a moment for you. So come on down and join us here. You know, last week, if you were with us on 
on New Year's Eve, my dad was sharing with us and he asked us a question. He said, what are you looking at? What do you got your eyes fixed on? That's a good question, it's an important question. Because how many of you guys know what you behold, you become? But I wanna ask us, I wanna go a little bit further with that as we come to the altar today. And we're gonna worship in just a second, but I just wanna simply ask us, what are you looking for in 2024? What are you looking for? What are you asking God to do in your life and through your life this year? What do you have faith for? When it comes to provocative questions, how many of you guys know Jesus was the master? (laughs) He knew how to drop a question and change a moment. I'm just reminded, you know, one time he encountered a man who was born blind, who cried out to him for healing. And Jesus went to him and he asked him a question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? What a crazy question, right? Of course, I want to see. Sometimes God just wants us to get out of the ordinary and come to him and ask. He, he already knows everything that we could bring to him today, whether it's something we need to let go of or something we're seeking in 2024, whatever it is. He already knows those things, but he loves it when we come to him. You know why? He draws us close enough where he can whisper to our hearts. Like a good father who doesn't want his son screaming at him across the house. I have a five-year-old, I promise. I don't want that. I want him to come close, crawl up in my lap and say, Dad, I need something. God wants that from you today. What are you looking for this year? As we worship, I just want to invite us to simply turn our hands like this, to take a posture of surrender. Because when we have our hands like this, ultimately we're in a place to receive from God. And we're in a place to let go of some things too. So whatever you're asking for in 2024, just begin to hold those things up to him and say, Jesus, You know what I'm looking for. You know what I'm needing. I'm trusting you for more this year. I'm reaching out in faith and asking you, Lord, can you do this? I I believe it. Can I receive it? And even if you don't know what you're asking for, even if you don't know what you're hoping for in 2024, just say to him, you know what? I want to receive more of you. I just want more of you, Jesus. I want more of your presence. I want more of your power in my life. I want the fruit that lasts, Jesus. Help me to get outside myself and my own ways and what's comfortable and controllable for me. I'm looking for more of you, Jesus. You know, you might be here and you're just burdened. You're just burdened. It's not lost on me. When I'm exhausted, the last thing I want to hear And the last thing I want to think about is setting new goals. Anybody know that feeling? Like that's nice for you, all you go-getters. I'm just trying to make it here. You might be here and you've been carrying some burdens for a long time. Some things that feel like weights around your ankles. And when you think about asking God for something new, you're like, I just need him to ask him again for what I've already been asking for. You know, I want to just remind you today. What God intends for you has nothing to do with your own strength. Your ability to get over the hump, to press through the wall, or to make it further than ever before. The good news for you today and for me is this. It's not about our strength. It's about his. It's about his strength. And his strength never runs runs dry for us. So maybe for you, it's just simply time with your hands held up to let go of some things. To let go, to surrender, and give it over to him to release it. As Andrew Murray said, maybe this is a moment to let go of some things of the earth 
and receive the things of heaven instead. So we're going to pray. This is a moment for God's presence. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. And I want to invite you with all of us standing here together as God's people. Let's pray with one another. Pray with one another. We have leaders here at the front. And I'm going to invite them to just begin to, as we're worshiping and as we're praying, just begin to ask people, what are you looking for in 2024? Maybe it's something you're surrendering to God or releasing. Maybe it's something you're, you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm looking for something new and I'm putting a name on it today. We're going to pray with you. We're not going to be in any hurry this morning. It's not that late yet. Don't worry. We can spend time in God's presence. And the team's just going to play softly for a few minutes. We're going to pray and then we're going to worship the King of Kings, the one whose strength is enough for us. But let's pray over our 2024. Let's pray for breakthrough. Let's pray for healing if we need healing. Let's pray for fruit that exceeds our expectation and lasts to eternity. I just want to invite you and just say, don't leave this space without being prayed for. Don't leave this space without praying with somebody. Let's sit in this moment as his people. Amen? Declare his faithfulness. Jesus, we thank you because you're faithful and true. We thank you, Lord, because you're more than enough for us. And we, we come to you today for something different to get beyond what's comfortable and the ways we've done it before a million times, Lord, we don't want the same old, same old. You put a new song in our mouths. And today we wanna to sing a new song to you. We wanna sing it like never before. We wanna to offer to you the fullness you created us, body, soul, and spirit. So we're not gonna settle for just giving you one or the other or whatever we, we like doing. We wanna give it all to you. Take us into a new future, take us into fruit that lasts. And we will give you so much glory, Lord. We sing to you today. We look for you today. Come Holy Spirit and begin to minister. As the leaders begin to pray, Lord, begin to minister to people. We pray for vulnerability in this place. Help us, Lord, to be honest. Help us to be here as God's people, ready for confession, ready for change. Jesus, take us into your new future. In your mighty name, we ask these things. Amen, amen. Come on, let's keep praying. Let's begin to worship him. For all the leaders that are here, and maybe there's somebody who's with you, just turn to him, begin to just share. Hey, what am I looking for in 2024? And then we're gonna sing. Amen? Amen, let's pray. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps others find this content. If you wanna connect with us, head over to social media, or go to wordofgracechurch.com.